God will, and God is. Like, hmm, three whole different points. I want to ask you a question before I get started this evening. How many in here would say that you live a blessed life? I'm, I'm sorry, what? Can you raise your hands because I'm having trouble hearing you? How many here live a blessed life? That's right. We all should be raising our hands. We live a blessed life. Give the opportunity to turn to 1 Thessalonians 5 and 18. Everyone should know this. Should know this verse by heart because it's real simple, but explains everything that we're going to talk about tonight. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 18 says, In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God concerning you. Anybody here know what the word thanks means? Webster defines thanks as a good feeling that you have towards someone who has helped you, has given you something, or has done something for you. Okay, now we're going to go praise. Anybody here know what the definition of praise is? It's to express admiration. For or approval of a person or something that they have done for you. So thanks and praise. Would you say that those are kind of synonymous? Maybe they mean the same thing. One is an inward feeling. One is an outward expression of what we need to do. So we're going to start tonight. And we're going to start talking about what has God done for you. Because we have three stages in our life with God. We have the past, the present, and the future. How many here believe that God's been in charge of all three of those? We need to give God praise and thanks for all that he has already done for us. Well, why do I need to praise him for what he's already done? It's over. Do you want to continue in the blessings that God has for you? And let's, and let's think about it, what God has already done. I want you to turn to Exodus chapter 15. We're going to read verses 20 and 21. Prime example of praise, and then why that it was done. And it says, And Miriam, the prophetess, the sister of Aaron, took a timbrel in her hand, and all the women went out after her with timbrels and with dances. And Miriam answered them, Sing ye to the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. Listen to this part right here. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. Not only did he take care of the enemy, he threw him into the sea along with his horse never to be remembered again. Guess what? So is that not a reason to thank God and to praise him? God, you took care of my past enemies, so they're no longer bothering me today. Wow. Hold on, people. God took care of my enemies yesterday, so they're not bothering me today. Is that not a reason to give him praise? Is that not a reason to say thank you, God? If you haven't figured it out yet, this this sermon tonight is about praising and blessing his name. So I'm going to expect to hear a lot of it. We're Pentecostal, right? Okay. I want you to take a moment. And I want you just to think. Just, if you want to, close your eyes. Think for just a moment about what God has done for you. I have a few examples that we all should already know, but take a moment and think. God, what have you done for me? Number one, it says in Genesis 2 and 7 that he's given you life. It says, and the Lord God formed man out of dust of the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. So he gave you life. 
The bonus to it is, after he gave us life, he sent his son to give us eternal life. Everybody knows John 3, 16, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have what? Everlasting life. So not only did he give us life, he gave us everlasting life. The great thing about the God that I serve and that you serve is he's a very polite God. Anybody ever think of God as being polite? He gives us choices. And it's truly up to us. It really, truly is. Deuteronomy 30 and 19 says, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. God gives us a choice. He never said, you have to. He's doing all these things, and he's already done all these things for us, but he's still sitting up there. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to believe in me. You don't have to do what I ask you to do. But God is also polite, and God is very honest. He says, if you don't choose me and you don't choose life you're choosing death not only for you but your seed well what does that mean well where did where did you learn how to sing from mom and dad you learn from dad hello where'd you go where'd you learn how to sing from your parents exactly but you said that's an example you learn as an example because you watch them? Tommy, where'd you learn how to preach? I almost got him. It was almost a trick question. But yeah, we learn as children the example. So when it says, not only will you, but your seed, your seed is everything that you set before them. So if you're constantly in service, you're constantly just living life, and they never see you. Raise your hands. They never see or hear you say, God, thank you for today. God, thank you for what you have done. Where are they going to learn how to do it? I don't know about you, but I did. I grew up in church. I'm a PK. And as I tell my wife, I only turned out bad in certain areas because I played with the deacons. Just to get that out, out straight, okay? But I grew up. And I've seen the example that my parents set. My wife's mother was a Sunday school teacher. She did everything in church. Her dad was a wonderful singer, but it was because of what we learned as children. What has God done for you? He gave me Christian parents. He allowed me to be born in a free country where I can go and serve the Lord. If you think about it for a minute, there's no way that you can name or even call to memory all the things that God's done for you. So I think it's time that we really do start praising him and thanking him for what he's already done. He deserves praise for every area in our life, the past and the present and the future. Next, I want to cover up what, what God will do. What God will do for you. Psalms 91, verses 14 and 15 says, Because he hath set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. 
I will set him on high because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. That's five things that God says right there that he will do for you. But with these five things, the way I read it, comes with just a couple small conditions. It says he will deliver you. Psalms 50 and 15 says, and call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver thee and thou shalt glorify me. God is waiting. He's watching. He said, all I am is just call my name. That's how close I am at any point in time. I will deliver you in your time of trouble. I'll deliver you when you don't understand what's going on. And what did he say that he wants out of it? I just want you to give me glory. Why does he deserve glory? Well, he deserved glory, number one, because if you could get out of it yourself, you wouldn't be asking for his help. Now, would you? It says in a time of trouble. Okay, God, I got this. And I can just imagine God sitting up there like, okay, watch this. Yeah. Want to know how I know that? Been there, done that, bought the T-shirt. Yeah, I have. God, I got this. Don't worry about it. He says right here, in your time of trouble, call upon me. I will deliver you out of it. The only thing that I ask is that you glorify me. You thank me for helping you in your time of need. Here's another good one. He said, I will set you on high. Well, he's going to set me on high? Yep. Deuteronomy 28, verse 1. And it says, And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt, excuse me, the Bible's really small, shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and to do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. He has a place for us as his children, as Christians. He has a place for us. And it's not down here. It's up here. Why has he got that place for us? You want to know why? Because it says we love him. We do his commandments. We seek him diligently. God's proud of us. How many here has ever gotten a trophy for anything in your life? Come on. Anybody got a ribbon? Everybody's gotten some kind of award, right? Where'd you put it? I'm just asking, where'd you put where'd you put your trophy? Where'd you put your ribbon? Did you put it where somebody else could see it? Did you put it up high? What? We did Okay. God's proud of us. That's why he says, I'll sit you up on high. I'm proud of you. You've given me praise. You've given me honor. You love me. You have followed my commandments. Wow. To me, that's awesome. Because you know what? Without God, what are we? Nothing. Next point is he will answer you. Anybody ever here prayed to God and, well, he's not listening. He's not interested. How do you know? Well, I just felt like when I was praying, it was just bouncing off the ceiling. God doesn't care about me. Isaiah 65 and 24 says, and listen to this because this is awesome. This is awesome. I actually did not even have this verse planned 
in this. And God's like, I need you to tell them. Tell them how I do things. Isaiah 65 and 24 says, and it shall come to pass, listen, that before they call, I will answer. And while they are still speaking, I will hear. How many people here tonight want to know for a fact and want to know for sure that when they're praying that God hears them? How many of us here have been in a time where we don't know which end is up? And we cry out to God. We've had people, and we've probably even said to ourselves, well, God's not listening. He's not concerned. He says right here, he already knows before we ask. He's already, he's already answered and hearing us before as we're speaking. God knows us. God just wants to hear from us. God wants us to say, God, I need you. I praise you for what you have done. God, I'm praising you for what you are doing. One of the hardest times to praise God and to thank God is when you're going through something. When you're going through the middle of a trial, you're going through a health issue. Believe me, <laughs> I've had my share. I just asked my wife. <laughs> I slipped and fell in February and I broke my leg. First thing that I did, I ro- after I rolled over and thought I sprained it, I'm Mr. Tough Guy, do a push-up and Fell back on the concrete, crying. I'm like, oh, dear God, I don't need. Wow, what's going to happen now? But God's been with me through the whole thing. He already knew before I was like, God, what am I going to do? Because honestly, I'd only been at my new job for just long enough to get in the union. I thought I was going to lose my job. I thought everything in my whole world was going to turn upside down. But God, I've heard somebody say this once or twice. God's got this. Yeah. And you know what? That voice that I've heard so many times is right. God does have this. He will be with you. The next point, Isaiah 41 and 10. How do I know that God will be with me? (laughs) Because he says that he will be with me. Now, Isaiah 41 and 10, fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Wow. Pretty much covers everything that we're going to go through right there, doesn't it? In our times of need, in our times of trouble, he said, you know what? I'm right there because I'm your God. When they don't feel like you can go another step, he says, I'll strengthen you. Because why? I'm your God. I will help you. How many here have ever needed God's help? Okay, I'm going to say one more time because everybody should have raised your hand. But if not, I just want to see those who don't need to raise your hand because I'm going to talk to you after service. Who here has ever needed God's help? That's right. We all have. I'm sorry I didn't inform you. I like to interact with people during a sermon. So, He says, I am concerned about you. Whatever you're going through, I'm there. But we still have people, still have events. God doesn't care. I don't have any reason to thank him. Brother Tommy here, he's 
he's told me several times that when he was younger, he liked different music. I went through the same thing. Probably not music that we would listen to today. In fact, I know we don't listen to it today. But there used to be a song. Some of you people that are close to my age would remember it. What have you done for me lately? Yeah, very popular song. And it slips my mind who sang it, but like, what have you done for me lately? Mm -hmm. What has God done for you lately? Okay, we need to get back on this. Yeah. What has God done for you lately? Somebody just give me a quick. Brother Tommy, what's God done for you lately? Exactly. Wait, what? Got you up? You mean you didn't do that by yourself? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I forgot. Brother Tommy had an event in Chicago this weekend. Yeah. Bet you'll never forget that cupcake tower again. <laughs> One of the last points I want to cover is he says, God says, I will honor you. Now, I want you to think about this for a second before I get to this verse. It's in First Samuel. It says, I will honor you. Now, we're talking about God. We're talking about the creator of the universe. We're talking about the most high. We're talking about God, he's going to honor me. Why would he honor me? In 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 30, it says, Wherefore the Lord God of Israel saith, I indeed that in, excuse me, in that thy house and that the house of thy father should walk before me forever. But now the Lord saith, be it far from me, for them that honor me, I will honor. What? What's, what's that mean? If you give him praise, if you give him honor, if you give him thanks, he'll return it to you. Wait, what, once again, this is the God of the universe. He is ready to honor you. All you have to do is to say, God, I trust you. I honor you. I praise you. Anybody here know what 1 Peter 5 and 7 says? I know it by heart. Sure, most of the pastors here know it because I've had to live it. But just in case you don't, it says, casting all of my care upon him because he cares for you. I've given you five points, right? We said, he'll deliver you. He'll set you on high. He'll answer you. He'll be with you. And he'll honor you. That's five. Five, right? Okay. And all we have to do is praise him, right? Okay. That's five to one in my favor, right? I do too. That's right. Five to one in my favor. All I have to do is praise him and honor him, and he'll do all five of those things right there.
Now, I don't know about you, but I'm not a gambling man, but if I had those kind of odds, I guarantee you, I'm not losing, I'm winning. He used to tell one of my friends, he's like, oh, I never win. I'm like, yeah, well, if it wasn't, if it was, if it wasn't called gambling, it'd just be winning, and then it wouldn't be gambling. Right there, we're not gambling, that's just a win. Five to one in my favor, I'm winning. All I got to do is say, thank you, God, praise you, God, I love you, God. I'm giving everything that I have over to you, and you got this. know another thing that God does for us that God has done and I'll give you an example of the Bible anybody remember in Matthew 14 where Jesus fed the 5,000 God takes care of he does out of nowhere a little boy shows up with two fishes and five loaves God's God's supplying the need but the best part of this whole story is you flip over to Mark 8 and 19 and it says Jesus is speaking here, and he says, when I break the five loaves among the 5,000, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you pick up? And they said unto him, 12. Not only supplied the need, he took care of tomorrow and the next day. And all that he asked is that we give him honor and praise for what he is doing today. That's all he asked. It's like, hey, and when I was studying this arena, I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, Jesus did. He gave praise and thanked his heavenly father for what he had. And they ended up with 12 baskets full of extra stuff. When God does something, he doesn't do it halfway. He doesn't do it partway. He makes sure it's taken care of all the way. What is God doing for you right now? Last point, what is God doing for you right now? I don't know about you, but he's building me a mansion. And he's coming back to get me too. Now, I think we still got to discuss some of the interior decoration and stuff. No, we don't. He knows what I need and what I want better than I do. John 14, verses 2 and 3, it said, In my Father's house are many mansions. And if it were not true, I would have told you. Best part of the verse. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, what's it say? I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. What is God doing for you? He's coming back to get us and take us out of this world. He's coming back to give us eternal life with him because that was one of the things that he's already done. See, as we get through this progression, in the beginning, he gave us life. Then he gave us everlasting life. Then we covered these five points that just deal with life. He'll deliver us. He'll set us on high. He'll answer us. He'll be with us, and he'll honor us. And now the bonus is he's building a great big house for us, and he's coming back to take us to that house. The best part of that is we're going to be with him. Anybody here ever wondered if God's going to have a maid for you? Because I don't plan on being there much. But I, at, at second thought, too, I don't know that gold collects dust. Either. So, you know, we might, we might have it, you know, worked out. God's taking care of your tomorrows. 
How do I know that God's taking care of your tomorrow? Matthew, chapter 6. And when I say your tomorrows, that means he's taking care of anything and everything that you might worry about, that we could worry about, or that we could imagine that we could worry about. Because, I'm sorry, do we not worry about things that aren't important? Do we sometimes get caught up in the things of this world? And it's like, huh. And then somebody comes along and is like, really? You're worrying about that? Yeah. Yeah, I do. But Matthew chapter 6, starting at verse 25, excuse me. We're going to read a few verses here. It says, therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life. What shall you eat or what shall you drink? Nor yet for your body. What shall you put on? Is not the life more than meat? And the body, the raiment, behold, the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his height? And why take ye thought for the raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow and they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet, I say unto you, that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like as one of these. Where if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink? Wherewith shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth what things you have need of. Now I've quoted this verse a lot. Sister Ann will tell you. Probably in like three of the last four sermons I've preached. Matthew 6 and 33. Seek ye first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these other things that we've been talking about tonight are going to be added to you. I just told you these five things right there. Five to one in our favor. God's got it. All he needs us to do is say, God, it's in your hands. I praise you. I thank you. Why is that so hard? Let's be honest. We've been in quite a few different services in the last couple months, my wife and I, and, and Kelsey's been with us on most of them. And I've noticed in a lot of them, not in when we went to uh, Cleveland, and just in case you all didn't know, I got to shake Dr. Hill's hand. Yeah. Awesome. Not like Tommy. He, he called him by his first name. Oh, yeah, I, I, I'm sorry. We'll stop here. I just got to tell you this. Yeah. Went and shook Dr. Hill's hand and come down. And I was like, I'm not going to wash his hand for a while. I said, that's a man of God. And Tommy goes, well, did he call you by your first name? I said, no. He goes, he did me. I said, really? He goes, yeah. He said, hey, Tommy, how's your parents doing? I felt humbled for a while. But anyway, why is it so hard for us to give praise? Why is it so hard to give thanks? What would you have without him? Anybody got a guess, an answer? Real simple. 
A big fat zero is what you would have without him. He's taking care of our tomorrows is what he said right there. Don't worry about anything. Seek me first. I've got it all taken care of. Well, how do you know for sure? How do you know for sure? Because you know what? God knows me. And, you know, from time to time, I might make a mistake or two. Small ones, nothing big. But, yeah, I I might make a mistake. Flip over to Romans. Romans 8 and 34. This is great. This is great. What is God doing for me right now? It says, who is that condemned? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is given or who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. The Son of God is standing right beside his Father and saying, God, what's that phrase you use? God's got this. Jesus says to his Father, God, I got this. Remember, I died for that individual. I died for that person. What's an intercessor? One who intervenes on the behalf of another, especially by prayer. What? What did I say? Especially by prayer. You ever thought that Jesus prayed? Well, yeah, we gave one example. It's where he prayed and gave thanks for the five loaves and the two fishes. But Jesus is praying for me to his heavenly Father. God, give them strength. God, honor them. God, deliver them. God, take care of them. Because why? Because number one, I died for them. And number two, they're praising me. They want more of me. And God's like, okay, well, that's good. And then Jesus says, but all glory goes to you. Everything that we have goes to the heavenly Father. All of our praise, our honor, and our glory. What did Jesus die for? To bring him honor. To bring him glory. But as we've already discussed, he will do all these things for us, give us honor, and he'll place us on high. He's taken care of everything in our past. He's currently taking care of everything in our present. And he's got tomorrow taken care of too. Nothing in this world can separate us from his love. Romans 8, 38. Go down a couple of verses if you've been following along. And it says in verses 38, 39. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come. What we just say, past, present, or things to come nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Why do we worry? Why do we fret? Why do we think that God's not hearing us? Why? It says right there, nothing can separate us from Him. And the only thing that He has asked out of this whole thing from beginning to end that I've covered this evening is praise. He wants our praise. He wants our thankfulness. 
Anybody here ever had anybody do anything for you? Is it considered rude not to say thank you? I think it is. Now, sometimes we get busy or whatever, and we, we, you know, let it slide. Not intentionally. But I believe as a church that we've kind of just let it slide too long. God, I'll get back to you. God, you know I'm thankful. Does he? It's been several years ago, but I got in the habit, and I had to do it for me. Not for anybody else, but for me. Wake up in the morning. God, thank you for today. It was simple, and it was small. But I did it for me because I'm like, I want him to know that, God, I thank you for today. I want you to know that I praise you for anything that you did yesterday. I want you to know that you're in charge of today. What did we say back, all the way back in Deuteronomy? He gives me a choice each and every day. Each and every day. Will I praise him? Will I serve him? Or will I choose death? One or two. Doesn't matter. He loves us and he wants us to choose life. But it's up to us. I'm going to close tonight with a very familiar, very, very familiar verse. But, Brother Ferguson, could you? Music. We didn't even talk about this. I'm sorry. But Psalms 150, verse 6. How many know it by heart? Come on. Everybody knows this verse by heart, right? Oh, okay. Well, after tonight, you're going to know it by heart because we're going to go over it a couple times. Psalms 150 and verse 6 says, Let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Okay, now, we're going to do it one more time, and I want to hear you. What does it say? Let everything that hath breath. Everybody do that. Okay, we ain't got no dead people in here. Let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. And it finishes off with, praise ye the Lord. Tonight, I want everybody just to bow your heads for just a moment. I want you to think, and please, please don't take me wrong. I'm not standing up here accusing anybody because you know what? I've preached to myself tonight too. When's the last time that you thanked God? When's the last time that you thanked God for anything in your life? When's the last time that you just got down on your knees and said, God, I thank you and I praise you? We discussed why we need to do it because God is just waiting for us. He's ready to bless us. He's ready to fill us. He's ready to do anything that we need him to do. But he's waiting on us. Now, if you're in agreement at all with me tonight, I want you just to repeat what I say. Real quick here, and I don't want to hold you. God, I thank you. I thank you for today. God, I thank you for everything that you have done for me today. God, I thank you for sending your son to die for me. I thank you for giving me everlasting life, God.
I thank you, God, that I no longer have to worry about tomorrow. I thank you, God, that everything that is going on in my life right now, that you know the end, you're taking care of it. God, I just want to give you praise, and I want to give you honor tonight. I want to walk out of here a changed man, a changed woman. I want to be that thankful person that I need to be. God, I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for all that you have done, God. And if you're in agreement with everything that I just said, I want you just to tell him in your own words, God, thank you. I'm going to be different. I'm going to be thankful. I'm going to give you praise as I walk out this door tonight. When I wake up in the morning, the first thing upon my lips is to be praise to you.